Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. I came here yesterday and there was a series of moments in the day that kind of kept putting off my getting here. And then I got here at this moment. I'm going to cry because this gentleman drives up. And he said, do you have a Saturday night service? And I said, no, we don't. He said, I used to go here a long time ago, but he said, I'm, I'm just really struggling in my heart right now, and I, I need prayer, and I need God. And, it was, and, and he, he, um, he personally was dealing with some stuff, and I don't, I don't need to talk about that, but um, the powerful thing was this, is that the timing couldn't have been planned. I mean, I showed up, about five minutes later, he shows up. And he is, at, I mean, the doors are locked, and he, I came through the door, and it didn't completely lock, and so he walks in, and we start talking, and it was just an instant and immediate uh, moment of, of really powerful uh, connection. And I just pray for those moments like that. I pray that God just opens those doors, and I, I pray that God will just do some pretty amazing things like that. And I pray that for you, that, um, you know, it doesn't matter if they come to our church or if they go to someplace else. What matters is they connect with God and that in, it, God is involved in their journey. And uh, I'm excited about that. And that was a fun moment yesterday. Uh, we've been in this series called This Is Journey. We're defining who we are as a church, kind of starting anew and, and, and moving forward in this and this path that God has set us on, and it's really exciting. It's very, very uh, encouraging to see how you have been embracing and, and getting close to this idea of being Journey Church, Ventura. And um, <clears throat> we talked about our passion. Our passion says this, uh, to, to reach those who have, yet, who have not yet discovered God's love, grace, and forgiveness, so much so that we are willing to allow our comfort to be interrupted by our passion. That our passion for people that don't know Jesus, we're willing to let that passion interrupt our lives, interrupt our schedules, interrupt our circumstances, interrupt everything that we're doing. And so what's exciting about that is just simply we have a passion that drives our, our vision, our direction, our, and, and it's, it's what Jesus is all about, is touching those that do not know Jesus and growing together. And so we're willing to be hindered interrupted, kept from doing something that might be comfortable to do something that is missional or uh, that, that connects with people far from God. We talked about our mission. The mission is simply this. Journey Church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our mission. In the next week or two, you'll have a tent card that says that, and um, it'll say our mission on one side and our strategy on the other. And then the last week, we, we t talked about our strategy. We started on the, the strategy. How do we do church? What do, what do we do as a church? And we talked about um, four words, four key words, and those key words are our strategy, which is we meet for inspiration. We model our life after the life and likeness of Jesus. We mingle in groups to live and learn together, and we merge into the fabric of our culture to help those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. Those are the four things we do as a church. 
That's what we are. That's what we do. We meet, we model, we mingle, and we merge. If somebody came to you and said, what does Journey, Vent what does Journey Ventura Church do? Well, we meet together for inspiration. We model our life after the life and likeness of Christ. We, uh, <clears throat> we mingle in groups to live and learn together, and we merge into the fabric. This is a little longer one on the end. We, <laughs> we merge into the fabric of our culture to help those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. Four words. If you know those four words, you know what we're all about. You know what we do. That's what we do, and it's exciting. The big thought for our entire series is this, is that Journey Church Ventura is a church who is unapologetically committed to the heartbeat of the biblical mission of reaching people who have yet to experience the love, grace, and forgiveness of Jesus while growing together in a relationship with Christ. That's our big thought. That's the thread that runs through the entire series of This Is Journey. And so we're continuing to define who we are. And last week we talked about we meet. We meet for inspiration. We get together to hang out and be encouraged to live for Jesus uh, all of our lives. Every Sunday you, you can be guaranteed that I will, and who, or whoever speaks from this pulpit and whoever uh, leads us in worship will always be here to inspire your heart and faith to in, get closer to God and to be more like him. Is that exciting? Okay, you guys are quiet. All right. And so today we're going to talk about we model. So we, last week we talked about we meet for inspiration, and today we talk about we model our life after the life and likeness of Jesus. There's nobody that we would more like to be than like Jesus. And we sang about that. It was a perfect song for uh, this series and this sermon today. And um, <clears throat> so have you ever... Hung, have you ever uh, noticed that our world is kind of driven by trendsetters? That there are people in our world that become popular and you just kind of shake your head and go, how do they get so influential, right? I mean, these are p people that are, are, um, are, are, are setting the pace for our world. They're setting what's important or at least trying to determine what's important in our world. They're influencers, they're YouTube sensations. And so I thought I'd bring up a couple things. These are probably the, the, the kinds of pictures you think of when we talk about models. Um, this, this picture right here, that's a model, right? She's probably a lip and hand model. Maybe a lip and hand and eye model. Although her eyes look, she looks a little tired. Okay. <laughs> and there's another kind of model that you probably think of. Um, I, that's, that's me when I was younger. Uh, not really. I, I can tell you understood that that was a joke by your laughing. And so, but there's another kind of look at models, but here's some interesting ones that are influencing, genuinely influencing our world, okay? Who's this? Anybody know who that is? Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Yeah, the Biebs. Yeah. Did you know that he has 20, 108 million followers on Twitter? Now that may not mean a whole lot to you, but that is a whole lot of followers in the social media world. 108 million followers on Twitter. And he does have a sphere of influence in today's world. Now, the cool thing about Justin Bieber is that he does have a, uh, a faith mentor, a Christian mentor in his life. And I'm hoping and praying that what is happening in his life right now is true and that it will continue on the path because he's making some very strong statements of faith in Jesus Christ, which is exciting. So let's hope he uses, leverages that influence 
for the kingdom of, of God. There's a second guy. Uh, this, this guy's named the Ninja. The Ninja. This guy is a gamer. He plays games for a living. Okay? He has 22 million YouTube subs, which subs are like followers. And he averages 200,000 viewers while he plays games live. 200,000 people watch him play a video game. And, he has his, and, and he's had as many as 600,000 people watching him play online. He gets paid to do that. And he gets paid very, very well. He's influencing the gaming world. Here's another interesting character in our world today. His name is Ryan. And he has a YouTube, uh, a, a YouTube uh, channel called uh, Ryan's World. He is a toy sampler. And he's a millionaire. Um, 24 million YouTube followers or subs is what they call. 24 million YouTube subs. And he made $11 million in 2019 just by sampling toys. Isn't that crazy? He's influencing the toy world or the world of toys or, or what kids enjoy in toys. And uh, it's, it's a pretty incredible. And I, I can see some of you going, how could I get into that gaming world? What can I do to do toys? Uh, if I could just get paid to play, that would be awesome. And um, so these are the guys that are, are influencing our world and influencing the culture of our world. And what our challenge is today is if we are going to be uh, models, if we're going to model our lives after the life and likeness of Christ, how do we become an influence in our world, right? How do we? Uh, I, I've said this before. Um, if you're an eagle, why are you hanging around with the turkeys? Have you heard that? You heard that saying? If you're an eagle, why are you hanging around with the turkeys? Turkeys don't fly, eagles do. You should be hanging with, with the eagles. And if you're not, then you're likely acting like a turkey. And uh, I wouldn't have a problem calling you a turkey if you're hanging out. Never mind. And so uh, I've been called a turkey. The idea of having a model is this, is understanding the difference between envy and admiration. Envy is what you and I may have felt when you heard that little kid made $11 million in 2019 by sampling toys. I envy that to some degree. I'm like, oh man, all you gotta do is just show how to play with toys and you, you make money? I like that. And uh, I, so I envy that. Now, admire is a completely different way of looking at someone where you're going, I, that's, I celebrate that. Rather than want that, I celebrate it. I celebrate who they are. I celebrate what they have. I celebrate. I don't have a problem with that. So envy is very different than admiration. And so you kind of check your spirit sometime when you're looking at people going, man, I want that. Or are you celebrating what they've done with their lives? That's a big difference. And so we, we tend to look at, at models uh, from this perspective. We want to find the best person who resemble, resembles our aspiration. We want to find the person, if we have a goal in mind, I want to be the best soccer player, do I admire or do I envy? And do I find that right person who resembles my aspiration? Find the best person whose effort is sustainable. In other words, some people are a flash in the pan. And we have to discern what that is. Some people are just like, they're, they're here one day and they have their 15 minutes of fame, but the rest of their lives is just crazy and, and nonsensical and it's not even worth trying to achieve. 
So find someone whose effort is sustainable that you can achieve that same uh, goal or that same direction. Find the best person who models character as well as competency. Don't look for people that are just capable of making money. Some of them don't make it with integrity. Some of them don't make it with character. They may be competent in making money, but not uh, uh, have a good character. And find the best person who has maintained respect from their peers. If you don't have respect, if you're ad- admiring or you're envying someone that doesn't have respect because their, their, their character is poor, just be careful. Look for someone who has respect in their field. And when they do, then that might be the best model. Here's some good models that we may tend to look at. Russell Wilson. You probably expected that. He's playing today in, in, in the Pro Bowl. But um, uh, I'm, I'm actually not showing him because he's a Seahawk. If you look past his Seahawk world, he is a deep, deep man of faith who serves his community, has spends um, at least one day a week in a children's hospital encouraging kids, and has a ton of things. Yeah, he's a rich man. Yeah, he plays really good football, but he's, he's far more. He's everything that I just mentioned in the, in, in the admiration side rather than the envy side. Um, there's another person that you probably recognize, and that is Billy Graham. He's sitting next to a person that lacked character. Um, but the, the amazing thing is that he never lost his character. Even in his fame, Billy Graham was a man who was always respected, even among his peers, um, no matter who he hung out with. And then lastly, we have parents. I love this picture because uh, if, uh, and we probably should have grandparents there as well, but um, man, parents are influencers. And we as parents, we as uh, grandparents need to be models of, of Jesus, models of character to our grandkids, which is a privilege. So the big question today is simply this. Who should we model our lives after? And what should we model going forward? Who should we model our lives after? And what should we model going forward? Those are two really good questions that we need to settle in on. And I think you probably have an assumption, being in church, that we would make Jesus the model, which I'm not going to, I'm unapologetically calling, calling this out. We want to be like Jesus, right? And so our model is Jesus, and who should we look like, or who should we model going forward, or what should we model going forward, is the question we need to answer in this message. And so the power of this is simply in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. If you have your Bibles, now this is a book. The the Thessalonian church was a persecuted church. It was a church that was being... uh, beat up, that was being persecuted for their faith, both by the religious and by the the government at the time. And they were a hugely persecuted church. And so they were going through all kinds of challenges and troubles and all these kind of things. And so if if they they were the model church that Paul seems to, Paul the apostle, seems to set up as this church that was like, man, you guys have it all together. There's a model church, and um, I look at this and I go, hmm, this is where I kind of envy and admire at the same time. This church, there were things that Paul said about this church that were powerful, 
that were amazing. And if we could ever have someone say this about a Journey Church Ventura, I would love it. I would love it. I think we would achieve our goal of, um, of becoming like what Jesus wants us to become as a church. And so Paul says in verse 1, he says this, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. Really uh, just a, a traditional um, introduction from the Apostle Paul and kind of how he would typically address a church. What is really fascinating is the word church here means a called out group of people. This is a, a group of people who are, are called out for a purpose, a reason, a, a significant uh, uh, purpose in their lives. And so we are a church. We are a called out people. We are a people who have been called out by God saying, I have a reason for your existence. And that existence is to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness, while at the same time growing in a relationship with Christ. And so we have this purpose. We are a church. Verse 2, he says, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. I love Paul because he was not just an apostle. He was a pastor who were constantly praying for the people that he oversaw, that he led, that he had a, a relationship with. And then in verse 3, this is a powerful, powerful, highlight this one, circle it, mark it up, um, um, get a tattoo, all the, whatever. Um, this is a great, great passage of scripture. It says this, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to hang out here for a moment. Because these three things are definitions of what a church is and who a Christian should be. It says, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith. Your work produced by faith. Powerful, powerful statement. I like this one statement. I don't know who the author is, but he said this. He said, we are not saved by faith plus works. We are saved by faith that works. It's a big difference, right? We're not saved by faith plus works. We are saved by faith that works. The nature of a Christian, the nature of a, a church is a church that puts its faith to its feet. It's when we talk about what we want to be, we don't just talk about it. We go be it and we go do it. But in, and, and, and this is the challenge of, of pastors sometimes. We like to talk a lot. But we don't expect a lot of ourselves or of our church. And I, honestly, honestly speaking, I don't want to be that. I want to be a church, and I, I hope you want to be a Christian, that says I'm more than just the name. I'm the person who impacts this world just like Jesus would if he were here. I'm the person that is willing to step and, 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 and step out and Tell somebody about my faith. I'm willing to be that person that goes and serves the needy. I'm willing to be that person that makes a difference in our community. I'm willing to be that person that tells my coworkers as they say, hey, do you want to go to the bar with us? I'm willing to say yes. I'm willing to be hindered from my comfortable plans to go and be in an uncomfortable context so that I can somehow be a light in a dark place. 
But we are not saved by faith plus works. We are saved by faith that works. That's the definition. That's what he's celebrating about this church. A faith that does what it says it's going to do rather than a, a, a church that says we do this, but we don't do it. We wear a label, but we don't have anything inside that, that, that's true to the label. And so we're, he, he says, uh, uh, I, we remember you before our God and Father uh, for your work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love. I love this because basically he's, do you remember in, in, in a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. He's saying, he's saying after all the gifts of the Spirit, all the things that you could, you could get involved in in the spiritual world, the best thing that you could ever express is faith, hope, and love, most importantly, love. And he's saying right here, we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love. That word love means agape. That means that we are prompted or motivated, or um, we have a reason for loving out of this idea that we unconditionally love people. I don't know about you, but I, I, I grew up with labels. I grew up with labels in high school. There was the, there was the, um, the, the druggies, and then there were the, the smokers, and the tokers is what we called them. And then there were the jocks, and then there were the nerds. And I don't know where I landed. I wasn't a nerd because I didn't get that good of grades. But um, whatever I was, I, was I, I didn't feel like I fit in. And of course, there were the racial divisions. There were the, the African Americans. There were the Mexicans. There were the Asians. There were the, the whites. And there were all that in, in my high school. I remember all of those labels. Um, agape removes every one of them. Agape removes every one of them because we are equals. We're all together. There's, there's nothing that will stop love from happening. That's the kind of love Jesus is. So they had work produced by faith. They had labor prompted by love. And they had endurance inspired by hope. Endurance inspired by hope. This is where the, the, the persecuted church, the church that's going through all these challenges, these, the church that's losing a large part of their lives in certain ways, in different ways, the, the, the whole thing is, is inspired by hope in Jesus Christ because they understood that this life is not the end of life. That we have eternity to bank on. We have eternity to take, uh, take us to another level of, of life, and it allows us to live in this life with understanding that everything that happens to us is temporary. Everything that happens to us is temporary because we're in a timeline here, but once we get into eternity, there's no more timeline. And so we, we move from this temporal world to this eternal world. And we have this hope in Jesus Christ. And if you're going through something right now, the Bible tells us it's only temporary. It's only a challenge. It's only an opportunity to show Jesus in your pain. It's only a, an opportunity to show Jesus in your challenge. It's only an opportunity to say, no matter what happens to me, Jesus is most important. And that's the kind of church that Paul is celebrating. He's celebrating a church that works out its faith. 
that is motivated by love and that holds on to its hope and never loses it. And, and, and that's what I think sets us apart. That's what I think sets us apart in this world is that there are people giving up. There's hopelessness. There's this feeling, this sense of hopelessness. There's people that are feeling so discouraged and so um, um, uh, put down in this, in this world that they don't feel like there's a reason to live. I've said this before, but I'll say it again just to give you perspective in the world I live in. Uh, there, there's more police officers dying today of suicide than from the danger of the job. That includes firemen. That includes military. There are more military dying today of suicide than there are in the battle. That's hopelessness. That's, that's when people are losing it. That's when people don't have that hope. And we are here to be that difference. We're here to be that separate perspective, that model that we can say, no, 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 hold on. I'm an example of understanding that, yeah, if we let life get a hold of us, it'll take us out. If we worry and if we get stressed out and we let this thing get a hold of us, it will take us out. But we have a hope that moves us beyond that. This might be painful in the moment, but it's going to be victory in the end. Yeah, we don't lose, we win. That means we have everything in our hands to, to, to be what God wants us to be and to model in our lives the beauty of faith, hope, and love. So I want you to remember those three words because those three words are the measure of what Paul celebrates in this church. Listen now, he goes on. He says, for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're chosen. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. The Holy Spirit has been, was involved in choosing you, in coming into your, your journey, coming into your circumstance, coming into your life and saying, I'm here because I choose you. I choose you. And that's what God's all about. That's what God's all about. You are chosen. This is not something that's like, oh, this is a random choice that I made and this, this religious thing is, is okay. No. This is a divine experience that you have with God. And more importantly, that God had with you. He chose you. We, we kind of think that we chose him. But he pursued. He came hard. He loves you so much. He went through all kinds of stuff. I, I think of the, the journey that he went through with me. Um, growing up, I, I remember as a five-year-old getting a little Bible from Carolyn Walker. Carolyn Walker was my Sunday school teacher when I was five years old. Now, I didn't come to Christ until I was 18. But I remember this white little Bible that I got because... Of, it was my birthday and she gave me this white little Bible I don't have it anymore I'm not even sure where it is but I remember that it was a seed planted it was the pursuit of God I think it was the the author Emerson who called God the hound of heaven the, the pursuer the God that comes after us and chooses us 
I think of the, the pastors who were the pastors of our church um, as I was growing up as a teenager. I remember uh, um, uh, the Dabneys and, and going over to their house and playing cards with them. And, and uh, she would call me a turkey. And she knew that I think the Spanish word for turkey is guajolote. And uh, she would say, ah, guajolote. When I threw it, we were playing Uno, and I'd throw a pass card on her or something, you know, and, and uh, all those kinds of things. And they were real people. And I didn't accept Christ then, but I did later. And, man, they had such a big, and just even just a year ago, I finally found them on Facebook and said, you know what? I'm a pastor. That was really cool. It wasn't the Dabneys. It was the Holy Spirit. Was the Holy Spirit pursuing? There's no need to be infer- or feel inferior. There's no need to feel less than anybody. You are chosen by God, Amen. and that makes you significant. That makes you uh, powerful. That makes you full of His 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 love and His grace. And there's nothing, nothing that can separate you from His love. We are chosen. Chosen. In verse 17. I'm sorry, in verse uh, 6, 5 and 6, it says, you know how we lived among you for your sake. So Paul begins to uh, describe that he lived a life like Christ. And then verse 6, it says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit's involved, but what did they become? They became imitators of Paul and of the Lord. That's what we need to do. That's the model. He's the model. Jesus is the model. And so we need to become imitators. The literal word for that, the literal meaning of that word is mimickers. It's the word we get from, from mimic. And we need to mimic Jesus. And you don't do that just by going, okay, I'm going to read the Gospels and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to try and do the gospel thing. Because what you'd have to do is you'd have to walk along a lake and then find some people fishing out in the lake and then call the people that are fishing, come out, come over here, follow me. You know, it's not, that's not what he means. It means be the character that he is. Our next session of core, uh, our, our journey groups is going to be all about the characteristics of a Christian. All about the characteristics of a Christian. And I'm really excited about that because that, it defines who we are. And it's, it's all about the fruit of the Spirit. What does the, what the result of the Spirit in our lives are these fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I think I got all of them all. <clears throat> I might have left one out. But it's this imitator, this, this, this nature that we need to become like Jesus. And when we become like him, when we mimic him, when we understand who he is, then we can become like him and his Holy Spirit works in us and his character works out of us. And that's the goal. So we want to be imitators of who Jesus is. For you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. So what they welcomed into their lives did not um, detour them uh, or their suffering did not deter them from welcoming Jesus into their lives. They realized that Jesus is the, this is the best time to express who Jesus is. It's when I'm going through tough times. Usually that's when he shows up the most. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, it's that, it's that um, illustration of the valley. It's really green in the valley and it's pretty bare up on top on the mountains. 
Yeah, we can live on the mountaintop, but it's where everything grows down here in the tough times. So we continue to see what Paul encourages. And I'm going to skip um, the Philippians passage and go right to verse 7. It says, And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. And so you became a model. Hmm. I was like, man, that word just sticks out, doesn't it? You became a model. You became an influencer. And this is where I think we have to understand our role as a church. We are here not to just gather. These are important times. This, this is where we get inspiration. This is where we encourage each other. This is where we poke each other and spur one another on towards love and good deeds. But the point of when we leave this place is to model the nature of Jesus. This is the point of our existence is to have an influence out in this world. We'll put it in, in, in social media terms. We're to have followers if you're on Facebook. We're to have subs if you're on YouTube. If you're on Instagram, you have followers. If you have Twitter, you have followers. You have these people who, who go, hmm, I'm interested in what you have to say. And instead of calling it social media, let's just be human media. Okay, let's just be people who go out and make an influence. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have an influence in social media. We're gonna continue to grow in our ability to have a social media presence as a church. But most importantly, you and me, we need to be human media that has a whole bunch of followers. And by the way, don't, don't start getting into the whole Facebook thing. If I have this many followers, this is how important I am. Okay? They're not always your friends <laughs> who are following you. Okay? There are people who uh, you are influencing, people that you are hanging out with, people that are interested in, hey, what's different about you? Why do you keep talking about Jesus? What's the difference? Why are you so happy even when things are going so weird? Or even in your sadness, you still tell me that Jesus is still in control. You still have faith. You still have hope. You still have love. That's the set-apart part. That's the part that, that, that Paul recognizes is the difference between a group of people who gather somewhere else and a people who gather around Jesus Christ. That we are to be influencers, that we are to be models. As, and verse 7, and so you become, became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. I pray that that's what we become. I don't want to just be a popular church. I want to be an influential church. I don't want to be a place where people just like to hang out and there's no change that happens. I want to be a church where change happens and lives are changed. Verse 8 goes, the Lord's message rang out from you. I love that. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. <laughs> Can we dream that? Can we dream that potential? Can we dream that reality as, as God begins to work in our lives and as we act out our faith, as we work in faith, as we're prompted by love, as we're inspired by hope? Can we become that church that is known everywhere? Right now, I don't care about everywhere. I care about Ventura. I care about Oxnard. I care about Sadakoy. 
I care about Ojai, I care about Carpinteria, I care about any surrounding community that we touch and reach. Let's just be known there. Verse eight, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. This is Paul talking. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. All the people have, have the Thessalonian church has a reputation. And lastly, they say they tell you, they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Now here's, is there life change? Is there a difference between our lives and the life of someone that doesn't have faith in Jesus? Yeah, there should be. And really, the old saying that, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Needs to be practiced here because I believe that what's happening here is that the, the church, around, the people around the Thessalonian church was realizing these people actually changed. They actually live differently. They actually have something different about them. Faith, hope, and love. They work in their faith. They do things in faith. They do things that are far beyond their imaginations. They do things that only God could get credit for. They're prompted by love. They, they love people that are unlovely. They reach out to the hearts of those that are, are, are lost. They, they, they connect with those that aren't all that connectable. They put themselves out there. And when suffering comes, when difficult times come, they still have hope. They don't lose their hope. That's a church set apart. That's a church you can call a church. A set apart group of people. A chosen group of people. A people that have been influenced and changed and worked over by the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so my question to us this morning is simply this. Are we a model church? Are we model individuals? Have we become so much like Jesus that people are going, oh my goodness, there's something different about you? That's the goal. We model our lives after the life and likeness of Jesus. We model our lives after the life and likeness of Jesus. What do we do as a church? We meet for inspiration and we model our lives after the life and likeness of Jesus so that the world can see who Jesus is. We're human media or people who have followers. And they check into our, 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 our website, our human site, our human tube, if you will. Our human tube. And they're saying, what's going on over there? Is that something I want to stay with? Is that something I want to subscribe to? You know how you subscribe to a YouTube channel because you like it and you want to keep coming back to it? Hopefully the people around you, hopefully the people that don't know, that have yet to know God's love, grace, and forgiveness, are continuing to check in, are subscribing to your human tube, and are subscribing to the very nature of who Jesus is in your life. And they're seeing something different, a life working out its faith, prompted by love, inspired by hope. I pray that today, if you're not inspired by hope, that the first thing that happens is that your life would be changed just knowing that Jesus loves you, he died on a cross, and he's given you the hope of eternal life.
That's the first step. And then you can work out your faith with, you can do your works in faith, knowing that God is the power behind your actions, and you can love people no matter who they are. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for helping us see what a model church is, helping us see what Paul celebrated in the Thessalonian church when he said that he celebrated that they worked out their faith, that they were prompted by love, and that they were inspired by hope. Lord, we wanna be that church. We wanna be that church that is separate, that is, is different than the world. We wanna be like Jesus. And Lord, help us to be that human media, that, that, that group of people who are, are, uh, are living different lives, who have been changed by your Holy Spirit. Help us, God, to be the likeness of Jesus to this world so that people will check in and continue to follow us and continue to watch and continue to be influenced by the power of your Holy Spirit in and through our lives. I pray for Journey Church Ventura that we would all become the likeness of Jesus that we would all become worthy of that, that, that compliment that says, man, you're so much like Christ. I pray that we would be worthy of that, 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 <clears throat> that celebration of a church who's working out their faith, who's prompted by love, who's inspired by hope. Lord, may we be that group of people that shine that light so bright that we don't need to say anything. The world says it for us. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would just rest on hearts right this moment. How do we commit to a message like this? How do we commit to um, being a model? We commit to knowing Jesus. We commit to allowing him to work in our lives and to change us. Because that change doesn't come by our own willpower. It doesn't come by our own uh, strength. It doesn't come by anything other than the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. It comes by the, the work of the, God's word as we continue to read his word and let his word impact and t change our hearts. So my prayer for you this morning is that you would simply say, yes, I want to be more like Jesus. I'll do everything I can to continue to focus on him. Maybe it's coming to our journey groups and continuing to learn more there. Maybe it's, it's continuing to, to just spend time in the Word every morning, spend time in prayer. Maybe God is, is saying, all right, it's time for you to work in faith. Go do something. Stop, stop thinking about it and do it. Maybe you're in a very, very difficult place and the best thing you could do is just know that God is with you and that you have eternal life to look forward to, to have hope through your difficult circumstance, whatever it is. My prayer for you is that you would just commit to being a model of faith, hope, and love to this world. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't made a commitment to Jesus Christ, but you realize that he loves you, that he died for you on a cross, that he rose again the third day. And today is your day to say, yes, I want to accept Jesus Christ into my life. And if that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to accept Christ into my life. I want to know Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I want that first step of knowing that I have hope that I will be able to spend eternity with Jesus Christ and with each other 
for the remainder of eternity. If you're here today and you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, just say yes right now by raising your hand. I won't embarrass you. Just say yes. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just pray this very short prayer with me. If you raise your hand, you don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray to, you, to, to the Lord. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. For I need forgiveness. And I accept that forgiveness right now of my sins. And I thank you for raising from the dead so that I could have eternal life with you and I accept eternal life into my life and I will live with hope as I commit to follow you for the rest of my life I pray that in Jesus name amen amen thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey and I hope the message made a big difference in your life and if it did we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.